Whenever I hear space-related stories in the media these days, it's either about a trip to Mars or a mission to revisit the moon. Sure, these types of space outings are exciting. If you want to retread the steps of astronauts cooler than you are, or sample rocks and places where robotic probes did it more efficiently. Seriously, who wants to be aboard the first human crewed mission to Mars? That's one heck of a long time to go without a proper shower, non-dehydrated food, liquor, toilet paper of any kind, or a reliable supply of old Dutch ripple chips. And you know, it would only be two weeks into your three-year mission when you discover your crewmate has some weird habits. Yeah, in training they hide their quirks, but trust me, those ticks will come out in full force underneath a hazy red sky. It takes anywhere from five months to almost a year to get to Mars. Then you've got to get back. Or can you? Maybe the first few missions to Mars will be one-way tickets. Maybe you'd be forced to live your whole life on a barren planet in a tiny shelter. And when you die, you'll be buried in a shallow, rocky Martian grave. And when technology allows for more elaborate space travel, your corpse gets picked and prodded by NASA scientists when they come and retrieve what's left of you. After all, how are you going to haul all that extra fuel to Mars required for a return trip back to Earth? And even if you could pack enough fuel, what would it be like hanging around in cramped, equipment-filled quarters, elbow to elbow with smelly, greasy PhD holders? And what if you want some privacy? There's no air outside. Oh, hey, uh, hey guys, uh, I'm just gonna head outside and stroll over to that ridge over there well, with my helmet and spacesuit and sit down underneath the, uh, under the, uh, 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 under nothing, because there's nothing, and I'm going to sit down and read my copy of Dune. A mission to Mars is like camping without fun or easy access to oxygen. Forget Mars, or at least going to Mars like a galactic vagrant. If we want to go in style, if we want to have a good time while we're there, if we want to get some serious shit done in space, Let's hold off on Mars and focus our efforts on building a space elevator. Yeah, a space elevator. It's exactly as it sounds. A transportation device that can lift an object from Earth into space. The concept of a freestanding tower reaching geosynchronous orbit was first proposed in 1895 by Russian Konstantin Slokovsky, a pioneer of astronautic theory. Of course, a building that tall would collapse under its own weight, so modern concepts for space elevators ditch a super tall building and replace it with a super long cable. The Obayashi Corporation in Japan is aiming to build a space elevator by 2050 for the cost of about 90 billion dollars. At the moment, this is still real science fiction stuff. There are a lot of technological hurdles to jump over. Man. This is one project I hope I get to see before I keel over, but I've done a lot of stupid stuff in my day that's short my lifespan. Hopefully I can make it to at least 2050. Basically what a space elevator is, is a cable stretching from the ground all the way up into space. One end of the cable is attached to the earth. The other end, out in space, is attached to a giant counterweight located well beyond geostationary orbit. 
The Obayashi Corporation figures it'll take 96,000 kilometers of cable and a 12,500 ton counterweight to pull off the project. The cable attached to the Earth would be anchored somewhere along the equator. The idea is gravity pulls the cable toward the ground, but the counterweight way out in space is being flung further away from the Earth by the planet's centrifugal force. This way, the cable is pulled tight in a straight line. Imagine jabbing a pencil into a ball of styrofoam. The pencil would stick straight out of the side of the ball. When you spin the ball, the eraser at the far end of the pencil always stays the same distance away from the ball. A climbing machine, almost like a vertical cargo train, is attached to the cable and hauls objects up into orbit. A trip up the space elevator wouldn't be quick. It could take anywhere from several days to a few weeks. There are lots of problems to figure out before this ever becomes reality. The main technological hurdle is what substance is strong enough to support the weight of nearly 100,000 kilometers worth of cable without breaking? The answer is the carbon nanotube. A carbon nanotube is a cylindrical structure whose walls are made from a one atom thick layer of carbon. The tube is only a few nanometers in diameter. It's about 50,000 times smaller than a human hair and the length of a few millimeters. They are lighter, 100 times stronger, and five times more flexible than steel. This is strong stuff. They are currently used as an additive to polymers, ceramic, metal, and cement. The trick is, the longest nanotube made to this date is only about two inches long. They have to be built atom by atom, so it will take a long, long time. The great thing about the space elevator is it would really reduce the expense of getting stuff into orbit. To escape Earth's gravity, a rocket has to reach a speed of 11.2 kilometers per second or about 40,000 kilometers per hour. This requires a lot of thrust and a lot of fuel. The Saturn V rocket that took astronauts to the moon was 365 feet tall and over 30 feet wide. The only part that returned to Earth was a tiny capsule. Basically, the rest of the rocket was a gigantic fuel tank. Using rockets, it costs about $14,000 Canadian to get one pound of stuff into space. The space elevator could move the same weight for an estimated 130 bucks. This would make it way cheaper to send things into space. It's estimated that a space elevator could lift 100 to 1,000 tons at a time. A cable made of nanotubes just 7 centimeters thick could transport more than 1,000 tons. Traveling to distant places like Mars would be easier too. Instead of launching a rocket from the ground and wasting fuel combating Earth's gravity, the rocket could be launched from orbit. Ships could be built bigger and radically different from what we know now because they wouldn't have to be designed to withstand Earth's atmosphere upon re-entry. Some other tricky stuff would have to be worked out. Would the cable wobble and cause problems? It would sure be scary riding up the elevator with your takeout coffee if the cable was weaving and twisting and thrashing around. There's a tremendous amount of space junk out there too. There's an estimated 900,000 pieces of debris 1 to 10 centimeters or more in width 
and over 128 million pieces less than one centimeter in width. What would happen if the space elevator failed, the cable snapped and fell to Earth? What kind of damage would thousands of kilometers of cable do if it fell to Earth? Also, surely a structure like this would be a target for terrorism. Even weather may play a role. Certainly you wouldn't want to build this thing in any place where tornadoes are frequent. So anyway, if you guys are still stoked about Mars and the Moon, go for it. If you want to live in a 10 by 20 foot garden shed for 5 years with 7 people, have fun. Me, I'll wait till I'm an old geezer and take my flight to Mars in style. The space elevator will allow me to carry some extra comforts from home. A nice pillow, extra snacks, and more building materials so I can live in a 20 by 20 foot garden shed.